1: We're blessed to have you join us today. When we initially surrender our lives to God, we are newborn babies. As we grow in our newfound faith and in our relationship with our Lord and Savior, we progressively mature in our knowledge, understanding, and application of God's Word. If we are committed to our new life, as a result of our increasing faith in the only true living God, we become effective witnesses to the glory of God. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander teaches us about growth in and witnessing for Christ.
2: Have your Bibles. We want you to turn to two passages of Scripture. Uh, we want you to turn to 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, and then our Scripture memory verse for last month and this month, Acts 1.8. Uh, the first passage is 2 Peter 3.18, toward the end of the Bible, you'll find it there. And then Acts chapter one and verse eight. Second Peter second Peter 3:18, Second Peter 3:18 says, "But grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. But grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory. Both now and forever. Amen. And in Acts 1:8 says, But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And from these two passages of Scripture, we want to preach this morning, growing in Christ. And witnessing for Christ. Okay. Growing in Christ. And witnessing for Christ. A true indication that one is spiritually mature. Is that he or she possesses an inner longing. To surrender his life to Jesus Christ. I repeat. A true indication that one is a spiritually mature saint is that he or she possesses an inner longing to surrender his life or her life to Christ. When you're spiritually mature, you obey the words of Christ. When you are spiritually mature, you will do the will of Christ. When you are spiritually growing in Christ, you will give of your time and your talents and your treasures to Christ. When you are spiritually mature, you will continue to grow in Christ and be passionate about witnessing for Christ. And as each of us today examine our own lives, the question we must ask ourselves is, are we growing in Christ and are we witnessing for Christ? Those are two very important. Critical questions we need to be asking ourselves. Are we growing in Christ and are we witnessing for Christ? If God is going to be glorified in our lives, here's what we must do. Number one, we must keep growing spiritually. That's right. There ought not be a time that you stop growing. You ought to always. Be growing in Christ. As a matter of fact, you ought to be growing until the day God calls you from labor to reward. The day you start, uh, stop growing is when you begin your spiritual decline. First Peter chapter two, verse two says, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. You don't grow by making more money. You don't grow by becoming more popular. You don't grow because of your social status. You don't grow because of all those things. You don't grow because of your profession. You don't grow because of your position. You grow because you have a hunger and a thirst to pursue the word of God, to pray in Christ And then to put that word in action, the implementation of the word of God is what springs forth growth to the glory of God. 1 Peter 2, 2 says, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word of God, there ought to be a craving, an insatiable desire to hunger and thirst for the word of God. When a baby is hungry, nothing will satisfy that babe but milk. And listen, when you are thirsty spiritually for the word of God, nothing is going to satisfy your life spiritually like the word of God. As a matter of fact, nothing in this world can quench a thirsty soul or satisfy a hungry soul like the word of God. Matthew 5, 6 says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And Many don't grow in Christ because they are thirsting for the wrong things. They're thirsting for material possession. They're they're thirsting uh, to, to 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 gravitate toward the things of this world that make them feel good. They want immediate gratification and the feel good stuff. People are thirsting after entertainment. They're thirsting for the Super Bowl and all of its wrappings and all of that stuff. And when it's all said and done, uh, it's just history and it has no eternal value. Amen. When are we going to learn to keep the main thing the main thing? Is there anything wrong with the Super Bowl? No. But the Super Bowl must not come before God. That's right. That's right. Uh, God is calling his people to be excited about spiritual things. Saints who are spiritually immature, can only receive milk and cannot digest solid food because they are babes in Christ. If you're a baby, you choke on hard truth. That's just the that's just the truth. You you choke on hard truth. You get mad at it. You get upset at it, and you won't even digest it because it's too much truth because of your being in babyhood. First Corinthians chapter three, verses one two and three. Everyone with the Bible, turn there if you will. First Corinthians chapter three verses one, two, and three. When you find it, say amen. Okay, you're still looking. Okay, keep looking. The first Corinthians chapter three verses one, two, and three. Now when you find it, say amen. That's much better. And I, brethren, Paul is speaking to the church of Corinth, could not speak to you as spiritual people. But as to cornal, in other words, they, they were of the flesh. They were they they were carrying. They were carry, they were acting out in that old Adamic nature uh, they, they, they were fleshy. Uh, so he had to speak to them as to babes in Christ. Verse two, I fed you with milk and not with solid food for until now you are not able to receive it. Receive what? Solid food. And even now you're still not able. In other words, of all this time, you still own milk. Verse three, for you are still carnal. You're still acting out of the flesh, that unredeemed flesh. Uh, for where there is envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal? A sign that you uh, that you live according to the flesh is when you're divisive, and when you when you're full of strife and jealousies and envy, he said, and behaving like mere men. Instead of spiritual mature saints to the glory of God. In other words, Paul was telling the church, when you're going to grow up? When you're going to grow up? What used to bother you 20 years ago ought to not be bothering you today. Amen. You ought to get over those little things that keep you uh, distracted and all bent out of shape. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12 and 13. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12 and 13 saints who are spiritually immature can only receive milk and cannot digest solid food because they are babes in christ hebrews chapter 5 verses 12 and 13 it says for though by this time you ought to be teachers in other words you need to be teaching others the truth of god's word you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of god in other words you can't ever grow to the point that you can be a blessing through equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. You cannot teach because you are so much of a babe yourselves and you have come to need milk and not solid food for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness for he is a babe. See, when you're growing up in Christ, uh, uh, you keep the main thing, the main thing, and you don't fight over baby stuff. You know, you don't get bit out of shape because of what the choir is wearing uniform-wise. You, you're more concerned about bringing glory to God. You know, listen, you can sing up here in polka dot, but if your heart's right, that's right. You just want to let go and let God and rejoice in the God of your salvation, because what matters is not the outer appearance. What matters is your heart making melody to Jesus Christ, to the glory of God. Who cares what you wear? Who cares what you wear? My seat. You are not ever ha- ask anybody to move because that's your seat. That's a sign you're a spiritual baby. That's where I always sit. So what? Move. Your name is not on that seat. That's right. You don't. I mean, that's 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 ludicrous. We need to get beyond those kinds of things.
1: The Bible tells us that the prayer of the righteous man avails much. Therefore, we must not be selective regarding who we witness to. In fact, God's word admonishes us to share the gospel throughout the entire world. We must lay aside everything that weighs us down. We must not allow sin to entangle us. By faith, we can and we must endure, to the end, the race that God has set before us. We must not give up. We must not give in. Listen as Pastor Rander continues.
2: You know, uh, we are getting beyond those kinds of things. So so we we get bent out of shape of all these things. Well, it's warm in here. Others are cold in here. And yet you're not homeless. Amen. You can be disgruntled in a wonderful facility. Do you realize there are a lot of churches all over the world would like to have a, a facility and a seat like you're sitting in? Perhaps we need to take those seats out and put some tin chairs with no backs so you can appreciate what you got. Y'all say, oh, no. Well, well Straighten up your faces and be thankful. Amen. Be, be thankful. Be thankful what, for what you have because you don't have to have what you have. Stop looking at things so critically and start blessing God for what he is doing. Grow up so you can enjoy God. Listen, when you're hungry for God, you want to sit as close to the front as you possibly can. Do you realize some folks sit way in the back, and I'm not talking to everybody who likes to sit in the back, but I, I will say some folks like sit way in the back because they like to see everything. They're scared they're going to miss something. But actually, the truth be told, the closer you sit to the front, the more you miss in the back. That's my, You don't want to see everybody that's walking in. Everybody that coughs, everybody that sneezes, You might get a germ on me, you know. <laughs> get over yourself, you know. That, that, that was a time we couldn't sit in the front. Now you go to the back when you can come to the front. Man, when you're hungry, you want to sit as close as you can to the front because you want to hear and you want to see and you want to grasp everything that God has for you. And the worst thing you can do is come to the Lord's house and miss God. When your own spiritual growth becomes a priority, you will seize learning opportunities which cause you to grow spiritually. When, you, when your own spiritual growth becomes a priority, you will seize learning opportunities which cause you to grow spiritually. Even when I was a young lad, I was eight, nine, 10, 12 I would always sit on the first row. I used to love to sit on the first row. I would always come and sit on the first row and I would just look at the preacher and I'd be so excited to sit on that front row and listen to the man of God preach the word of God. I didn't know God was preparing me for what I I was uh, going to be doing in the future. I had no idea I was going to be preaching. And you know what else I did back? I was so excited to be around the church and to sit on the front seat and my pastor's. The two pastors I had back in Houston, you know, when they got really baptized back then, they had those old galoshes, you know, say people go waiters or whatever you call them. And I would be so happy to go back there and I would help them get dressed and then help them get undressed and pull those things off and get them all wrapped up and ready to go in. Get So they can get out there and begin to minister communion service on first Sunday night. And they got hungry and wanted a little chicken and said, "Ready? could you go get me some chicken? I need to go to the airport. I get my car and I go to the airport and i would be so good because I wanted to sh- make sure the man of God was ready because I wanted to be able to, to, have, to make sure that he was in position to dispense the word of God. If I could be a part of that in some helpful way, that was the way I was. I positioned myself. I was anxious. And I was on that front row ready to receive the word of God to grow me up in the likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So your own spiritual growth uh, becomes a priority. Uh, when your when your own spiritual growth becomes a priority, you will seize learning opportunities, which causes you to grow spiritually. Didn't you enjoy that conference we had last Sunday. What not a rich conference conference. Uh, Uh, dealing with with Israel and uh, dealing with Romans chapter uh, 9, 10 and 11 and then that Monday night Israel and prophecy and all the plethora of questions and answers that came on Monday was just absolutely phenomenal. It's a sign of a growing church. Just because you can shout and jump and roll and foam at the mouth don't mean you're growing spiritually. Huh? Some folks don't tell well, honey, it was so quiet and that didn't happen. No, it didn't nothing happen to you. It didn't mean nothing didn't happen. Just say it didn't happen to you. You didn't bring nothing. You didn't expect nothing. Then you didn't get nothing. Huh? Yeah, that's, 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 that's right. You know, emotionalism don't mean it's spir- you're spiritual. You got some folk can jump and dance all over the church and walk out and act a big fool, won't speak, throw rocks, hide hands, but they're dancing and shaking and rolling and fumbling and speaking in tugs and the biggest fool on this side of the Mississippi River. It's, it's a dangerous thing to equate your emotionalism with spirituality. <laughs> did, you, did you hear what I said? Let me go on a little bit further. <laughs> I'm still dealing with this growing up business. The word of God is critical for spiritual maturity and helping believers to discern, distinguish and discriminate between that which is good and evil. The word of God is critical for spiritual maturity and helping believers to discern, distinguish and discriminate between good and evil. Between what's true and what's false. Between the the healthy and the unhealthy, between the the true prophet and the false prophet, huh? Between truth and error, you need the God given ability to be able to discern, distinguish, and discriminate so that you won't be captive, held captive by the enemy and deceived. Uh, from the real spiritual truth. So many saints have been blinded by deception because of a deficiency of the word of God in their lives, which leaves them weak, anemic, vulnerable and and exploited by the enemy. God wants you to be a discerning saint. He wants you to be able to distinguish between truth and error, to be able to discriminate between what's right and what's wrong and not to be blinded by good-looking, charming personalities and charismatic folk that have a good kind of a talk, but when you really listen to it, it has no substance. It has no content. It's not truth, and uh, it just sounds good, and it tickles the ears. And if people are saying what you want to hear, you best not be hearing it. Hebrews 5.14 says, but solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And as you walk with the Lord and you grow in Christ, you will know what is right, what is wrong. You can discern what's truth, and what's error, and you won't let anybody Come into your life and lead you astray because of a deficiency of truth in your own spiritual life. Listen, God holds you responsible for building yourself up spiritually on your most holy faith. God holds you responsible for building yourself up spiritually on your most holy faith. In other words, by the Holy Spirit's power and prayer, by the Holy Spirit's power and prayer, build on your faith in Christ and make spiritual progress to be a blessing to the kingdom of God. God holds you responsible, i say it again, for building yourself up spiritually on your most holy faith. So why is it holy? Because it's from God. Your faith is even a gift from God. That's right. And it's a whole, your faith is holy because it came from Christ, and, and, and it's, a, it's a spiritual blessing from Christ. It is a, it, it is a gift from God. It is it, it's, it's the grace of God. In other words, by the Holy Spirit's power and prayer, build on your faith. When you trust Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, then Jesus Christ becomes the foundation of your faith. And then God don't want you to just stay there Jesus Christ ought to be the cornerstone of your life, the foundation of of your life. And once you come to Christ, you just don't stay there. You need to keep building and building and building and building and building and building and building until to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You keep building on your faith until God calls you home. That's how you make spiritual progress in the kingdom of God. You said, where's the scripture on that? Jude 20. In Jude 20, it says... The Jude is right before revelation, toward the end of the Bible. Jude 20 says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. God holds you responsible for building on your faith that God has given you. He holds you responsible for strengthening your faith. He holds you responsible for growing in Christ. That's your responsibility. And when you're growing in Christ, you don't have to beg folk to come to church. You don't have to pull tongue in two. you don't have to struggle or push saints. Who, those who are serious about the Word of God, you don't have to do that to them. People, saints who are committed to the Word of God, they position themselves to learn. I mean, they go to the restroom, they get their water, they do whatever they can. They teach their children how to go to the restroom. Look, when you get in here, you're going to be yourself still, and you're not going to move. You cut off everything that can be a distraction to the Word of God. If somebody has an undertone, a talking, a mumbling, and grunting, and mad thing, get up, get your purse and books, and move to the other side of the church. Don't let anybody rob you of your learning experience in the house of God. Satan, I plant a person right next to you to keep you from learning. And that, and, and now both of you li- leaving mad. <laughs> so, so you're committed when you're serious to the word of God. You're, you're on time and you're not tardy. Just of them see all the people here today in the rain, 8 o'clock in the morning. It's a wonderful thing when you put your worship above your work. You know, when you can be on time tomorrow, Monday, and then not be on time in the house of God to worship with the people of God, something is wrong and there, there's, there's a disconnect there, not toy. And uh, matter of fact, I often ask this question because it's, it's a convicting question because it needs to be asked because uh, Christians are so blasé and casual about the attendance and their being on time. You can't be on time unless you plan to be on time. You can't be on time unless you want to be on time. You can't be on time unless learning the word of God and your worship and building on your most holy faith is of tremendous and immense priority to you. I plan to be on time. I was here at 610 this morning, ready and learning and studying and doing all kinds of annotation. I was in my office working in anticipation of ministering to you. I'm excited to be able to dispense the word of God because that's gonna come a day when I'm gonna mount this pulpit for one more time and that's gonna be the last time, but I can stand before God and say, I have done what I could and I've talked, and your blood is not on my hands. It's not on my hands. Because I did what I've done, what you have called me to do, Savior. So when is the last time you have come to church Four consecutive Sundays on time. Four consecutive Sundays on time. Why is it that some of you struggle at night to come to communion service? Who cares less about the game? That's why you got technology. Just don't let anybody tell you to score. (laughs) And then you go home and enjoy it like you've never seen it because you hadn't seen it. I remember one time years ago. We had service that evening, It was a Super Bowl going on, and so then we went home of one of the brethren, and uh, so we were going we to, and he, he had a VCR to replay the game. Because so, you know, we were at church, so we all got over there and had the pizza and all the stuff. You know the stuff you do when you have a game, you know. And so we got to, you, you know what, you play, put the thing in, and the game was on, and we started fellowshipping with other, each other and started having such a wonderful time of corner in that home until the game was unseen.
1: Are we sure of our salvation in Christ Jesus? Does our light shine so brightly that it draws the lost to our Lord and Savior? Or is our light so dull that it turns the lost away from God? Are we praying for the lost? We cannot be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ and expect to win the lost for the cause of Christ. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.